Do you feel politically homeless? Lost in the chaos of modern politics? Not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast, season three. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNS studios located in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Well, joining me today is uh, Man in the Middle frequent flyer, Mr. Andy Dickey. Andy, welcome back. Good to be back. Well, it's, it's great to have you back. There's been a lot of things going on. I wanted to get you on the show. And uh, the big news coming out of Tennessee, really um, once-in-a-lifetime type of news. Ford Motor Company has decided to move to Tennessee and to build a new $5 billion car manufacturing plant uh, that will produce the battery-powered, electric-powered F-150 Ford pickup trucks. Andy, what do you think about As an electric car owner, Yeah. what do you think about that? I think it's good. I've had mine since, I guess, May. I uh, went over there and picked it up. I think it's... Uh, you know, when we started hearing rumblings of another gas shortage, I was just grinning a little bit because I've been through one of those before in Atlanta, and I would have been exempted from <laughs> all the hassle I experienced in the past. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Similar to the exemption of oil changes or mechanical failures. I mean, these electric cars have very few moving parts. I just have to rotate the tires, put windshield wiper fluid. Windshield wiper fluid, right. Yeah. That's it. Pretty much new tires. Yeah. So um, the the Tennessee State Legislature had a special session because Tennessee had to contribute. We had already spent on this mega site. Where folks are asking where at in West Tennessee? It's basically between Jackson and Memphis, and uh, we've already spent two hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah, on this a quarter site. of a billion yeah. dollars. And then it's going to take two hundred more to finish it out. Yeah. So just to to kind of explain it for the listeners, so. Whenever you do something like this, you have to get infrastructure there. I think it was something like 40 miles of pipe. 40 to, miles of water pipes, yeah, yes. Yeah, had to get laid. And uh, and so they did that in anticipation of being able to recruit a company. So that when they first did it, it wasn't specific to Ford. Right. They were hoping to attract a mega, you know, someone to op- occupy that that mega site. Right. They would have talked to Tesla. They in, would have talked anyone. to Blue Origin, build rockets there. I'm sure, absolutely. Um, so the the state government had to call a special session in order to release that money, uh, and to set up the authority. That's another thing that I found quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, now they, we'll get to that. Just, right. We'll get into the politics here in just a minute because that's really interesting. But there's five hundred around five hundred million dollars of state uh, what are called tax abatements. And you and I have talked about this on the show before, on the podcast before, about how we're not really fans of tax abatements or paying companies to come here. There are a lot of people that agree with us on that, on both sides of the aisle, doesn't matter what ideology you fall under. Andy, um, is this a different case than, say, giving a million bucks to Costco to move to Murfreesboro? I think it's the same thing. Do you? I mean, okay. I think it's I, I think it's the same thing. It's just on a different scale. It's like most okay. things in life, you know. There's there's always rich and rich. There's some some guy that's worth a hundred million dollars that 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 knows a guy that has five billion, you know. So the, right. 
it's just this for me it's the same thing just on a on a different scale is it see for me i think costco would have come here anyway because they want the customers well i'll agree with you on that i'll i'll stand corrected on that i think the different that that's the that's one difference i think with a super like a mega site like this yeah the idea that we shouldn't get involved is a little bit it's a little bit silly, honestly, because like for the reasons we just talked about, you yeah. have to run the government's going to have to be involved sure. to get that amount of pipe laid and that type of infrastructure to get taken care of. Private entities don't, they don't even have the power to do that. Well, like, it would you, take you a can't lot just of, decide tonight that I'm going to run. Yeah. I don't know a lot of folks that want to risk uh, $500 million on a maybe. But right. even, are they even allowed? Right. Think right. about that. Well, I mean, sure. are they even allowed to do that sort of a thing? So the, the, the government's going to be involved. Sure. So the question is, how are they involved? Mm-hmm. And right. are we okay w- with how they're involved? I agree with you on Costco. They would have come anyway. Right, right. But, but we, we, if they come, we're still going to have to build the infrastructure. We we were going to have to build the infrastructure. And even now, you know, folks are uh, – I'm already hearing some complaints about the $200 million infrastructure to prepare the mega site to finish it off for Ford. And by the way, I think that was what sealed the deal for Ford was when the governor of Tennessee rightly said we're going to finish the mega site earlier in the year. That was probably the trigger. But um, anyway, Ford is, or, or, or the state of Tennessee does have responsibilities, and building a parkway to this major manufacturer is one of those. We built the Saturn Parkway, Andy, yeah. when Saturn came in, and folks that are familiar with that. And we did that. it with, with Volkswagen in, in Chattanooga. We did it with Volkswagen in so Chattanooga. I think if they really, if people are really against it, the, 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 there's many camps right so there's the people that are for it and then there are the people that are against it and then within the people that are against it it, i find it so amusing what what they want to do what they would rather do that's that's a key difference so if you talk to someone uh, on the left they're going to say i'd rather spend it on expanding medicaid or education sure talk to someone on the right they say, I wish you would give it to me. That right. Was, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Cut you know, my taxes. Yes, yeah. I'm a deity. I'm a small business owner. I am a deity. I would rather you give me that. I'm, I'm the great job creator. I, you should give me that money. So it makes me chuckle because they're supposed to be against any sort of tax, handouts, tax right, and spend, yeah, tax handouts, and spend, all, right. all of it. But right. yet, it's funny to read the posts when they say, Oh, they should have given that money to small business owners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, and here's another complaint that I've heard, Andy. Uh, well, electric cars are going to fail. Um, electric cars aren't the future. Uh, electric cars are part of a communist agenda to take <laughs> over this country. I mean, seriously, I've heard this stuff yeah. and read this stuff, and I just can't believe it. Uh, People do, want it. Do you yeah. think that the horse and buggy folks, do you think that they said, you know, that combustion engine, it'll never make They it. did say that. They did say that. That's mm-hmm. what cracks me up. The, the more things change, the more they stay the same. They stay the same. But I think this is a putting aside this mega site, electric cars in general. That's a market decision. Yeah, you know, people are right. deciding. Yes, there are subsidies going on. Yes, there's this going on and that going on. But I think what's really, really, people are choosing those things. Yes. What the subsidies are doing is making them more affordable. So expanding the market and doing that. Uh, accelerating the adoption. Yes, that you're you're not you're never going to get people to adopt something they flatly hate. Right, that's just not human nature. So right. if, look if, at the Amish; they've stuck to it for two hundred years yeah, now. Yeah, they right? have. Right. Yeah. So if if you start with that with that knowledge, okay, you're not going to get someone to adopt something they that they're really dead set against. Right. 
what's this money really doing? It's just accelerating yes. the availability of this thing that, that people want. And, the, and I, frankly, I think that's in our strategic national interest to decouple from these places that always have problems. That That's one benefit of this sort of transportation. That It, it certainly is. It, it would relieve us ultimately from dependence on foreign oil and power and natural gas or whatever. And I'm so, not just talking about the Middle East, by the way. I'm, you know, there's places like Venezuela. Absolutely. You know, Europe has to deal with Russia because of natural gas. And so the more you can control it in your own hands, that's a good thing. So I'm a little shocked I don't see sort of universal support on the right for this sort of a thing, for yeah. that reason alone. Yeah, well, it's been kind of funny. Um, you know, they the, – the, so I want to give credit to the lawmakers. Now, this started with Bredesen. Okay, mm-hmm. we got to give Bredesen credit. We got to give Haslam credit for continuing to develop this mega and site. Leader Fitzhugh played a critical role in this. Craig Fitzhugh played a critical role. He's from West Tennessee. We can certainly understand why. And then let's give Bill Lee and his administration the kudos they deserve for getting this done. But what I cannot get over, Andy, they just simply and listen, folks. People are buying electric cars because they want them. Because they're yes. cool. It's a nice experience. I mean, not having to put gas in the car. I go on long trips. I stop at the supercharger. I, it's not a big deal. And not once have I heard you mention climate climate change, Andy. And that's no. really what these cars will help us battle air pollution. Right. And I mean, you know me. I want, you know, I believe we ought to do something about climate change. Sure. But when you're dealing on a one-to-one, you know, we're not talking about a ma- we, you and I don't have a macro relationship. We have a real life one to one person to person relationship. So we talk about the things that we find fun, enjoyable. Right. You know that that's my experience with my cars. That it's been been really a joy to drive the thing. And and I think that that's the thing that's driving it. And I wish these politicians would latch on and say, Hey, if you're against electric cars, and and here's my point, Andy. Um, Ford five billion. General Motors is investing two billion to make the Cadillac Lyric in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Which, if you haven't seen that car yet, it's just now coming out. I think next year. It's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. Volkswagen eight hundred million dollars in Chattanooga to make their electric vehicle there. Tennessee will be leading the world in electric vehicle manufacturing. And so, if you are against the electric car, you're against Tennessee workers, right, Andy? I would say so, and I think it, it, this particularly impacts young people because there was a $40 million earmark in there for a, a huge TCAP facility to the Tennessee College of Applied Technology. Yes. And so those skills, once those young people get them, they don't go away. Yeah. If well, Ford closes or they decide to move right. you know, somewhere else, they leave with that knowledge and understanding. So it, it's a... You know, I I have my beefs with the mega site. I have my, you know, I, I there are pros and cons. Sure. But anything that helps us invest in the future that's not physical pipe and things like that, but will pay dividends for generations, like the educational yes. aspect is really important and, to and me. And that's the thing. I, I think the, Tennessee's, the state of Tennessee's run the numbers on this investment and what their return is going to be over the next 50-year life cycle of this factory will carry us into the next century. Uh, will be tremendous, um, Andy. So let's let's sh- let's shift it a little bit more. You hear a lot of talk today against globalism, 
And you hear a lot of talk against uh, um, why are we so reliant, back to your point, on other countries to manufacture things in this country. And you and I were both alive long enough to remember that a lot of these corporations were driven offshore. The argument that was made was because of unions in America, that the unions were too costly, and so they drove manufacturing offshore. I think there is a lot of opportunities for organized labor in the future. Um, what do you think? What do you see on that, Andy? Certainly this Ford plant will be a UAW plant. Yeah, that's one thing I found really ironic. You know, it's green jobs, yeah. UAW plant, yeah. huge handout. They can't say it. Yeah, and they, nobody wants to talk about it out loud of like, well, you know, you talk a big game right? when you go on, you know, 99.7 or whatever you're conservative outlet is but when it comes down to it they all push the button for this thing too right i just think when it comes to globalism things are going to come back home people have recognized that you know no offense to my nba friends but the nba guys had it all figured out you know Mm -hmm. uh friedman wrote the world is flat and that just started a gold rush to places like india Right. Even though textiles, as you know, had already been doing it before, but this, sure. even with knowledge workers and high-end manufacturing. Even technology, right. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I think there, things are coming back. I think the unions need to make it clear that we're going to make a good deal now. Yeah. We're right. not, you know, because we've been trending away, like union membership has been dropping. Mm-hmm. The, the When there is a union in place, like the local education union, they mm-hmm. don't really have any power. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see that changing. I, I think so, will. too. I think you're going to, too. I, as we go through the Great Reset or whatever folks want to call this, our economy is going through a dynamic shift right now. It's going to shake out. It's going to take a long time to shake out, but it's going to shake out. And um, and we need advanced manufacturing jobs in this state. I like that we've hedged our bets, too. It's not just one manufacturer. Right. It's not just one area. You know, for me, yeah. this is if I come up a, a, a level above, I it, for me, it's, it's all automation and robotics. I would even put cars under that same umbrella going well, forward, electric cars. Yeah. We've got great work going on in Laverne with the robotics company that that makes robotic pickers and stuff for logistics and warehousing. You've got all this auto stuff going on. Yeah, it, it's really good that we're diverse. And it, you know, we're not. We had a problem with all our eggs eggs being in the Nissan basket. Right. And I think people have been really sweating about that, and and we're starting to take steps to try to at least at the state level. If we were to lose Nissan here in Middle Tennessee, it would devastate us. Oh yeah, but right. at least they're on a on a statewide level, we're trying to get different players in the mix. Yes, and 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 what I think is good too. I've seen a little bit of the of the TriStar regional stuff going on too. But you know, East Tennessee, you got your car plant, you got Volkswagen, Middle Tennessee, you got two. It was time for West Tennessee to get their for sure. share. I agree. And uh, so you mentioned the technology in the Center of Applied Technology. You know, Andy, when I was campaigning that, I think you might have been with me. I'm not sure. But the, uh, one of the largest megatronic programs mm-hmm. in the country is in McMinnville at the Center of Applied Technology. I forgot how many hundreds of megatronic jobs were available. But now with Ford coming, it's even going to be even more. Definitely. One thing I would have liked to have seen, I think the thing that sticks out to me to be to be watching for is that one of the reasons why it was so hard to get somebody to pull the trigger on that mega site was because let's be honest there 
forget educated people. There's just not a lot of people right. in Tennessee, you know, the right. density level. Yes. And I think Detroit Metro probably rivals the whole size of the whole state of Tennessee population-wise. Very close, I would say. Right. Yeah. So I think, yes, we're going to have a lot of transplants coming in, just like we did with Spring Hill. We're mm-hmm. going to have a lot of transplants coming in for that mega site. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope, I hope that somebody's minding the store and making sure the maximum number of Tennesseans get a chance to work there because that's something that I, I haven't seen that we've really been on top of with the agreements. Well, you, you've mentioned that before in past podcasts of how we vet these companies out, you know, how, how many native Tennesseans are going to be employed, how long will it be before technology replaces this job, certain questions like that that should be vetted out. I, I, I think it's only agree. fair. I don't see it as nativist. I think if you're taking a certain group of people's tax money, Yes. In order to create jobs, they should be the beneficiary makes of the use of their own yeah, money. You would think so. Right. So, yeah. uh, and of course, that's going to go on. I don't want us to miss out on, you know, a robotics genius from Montana. Of course. We, that wants to move here. Yeah, right? definitely. Raise his would, family. Yeah, sure. I would love that. But we just have to make sure that it's not all people from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody that, gets to go along for the ride who, who's ready and willing to work. I, I agree, and I think the second component is that is the second generation will be Tennesseans of the folks that do that's move here, point. you know, yeah. and I'd say that's who's filling up Spring Hill. You and I went, UA, the UAW over in Spring Hill went on strike about a year and a half ago. We and, knew why then. And, yeah, and um, and we I supported them. We went over. Yeah, uh, I was to, there with you. Tried to help take care of them a little bit. Uh, now those guys were getting paid, but the practice of hiring individuals as temporary workers was one of the main strategic goals of that strike. And for folks, I'm a lot of folks out there familiar, but a lot of these companies will hire a temporary worker, will work them longer than 90 days than a temporary period, just so they don't have to pay full pay or benefits to this worker. And the UAW went on strike, and and what happened, Andy? Well, I know one guy lost his life. That that was oh really, yeah, that, that was, was a terrible really tra- tragedy. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, should we give him the background? You know, the the they, guy, the kingpin of this was Marvin Runyon, okay. the guy who ran Nissan. Oh yeah, yeah, North America, who later became the postmaster. Right, right, and so mm-hmm. and he tried to p- apply a lot of those principles and in, in, into the U.S. Post Office. Yeah, and broke a lot of eggs over there oh, yeah. too. Uh-huh. So this is not a new thing that's been going on. Right, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bode well uh, for these subsidies. So, like, just kind of connecting all the dots here, right? So right. you pay these subsidies to make sure that you get these really good. Either if they're not UAW jobs, they're at least high paying, like what high you would, paying with full benefits, right? Like you right. would see in a Georgetown, Kentucky, you know, with Toyota, right? Right. right. Uh, so you know you, that's what you want, but it's a bit of a bait and switch when you pay this big subsidy and you do all this to get these people here, and then you know they end up work, getting put on temp staff at nine bucks an hour, yeah, or yeah. fifteen, you know, with nowadays. no benefits, yeah, with no benefits or anything, right. and if you just work real hard, we might put you on. Right. Full time. It's just. And see, the UAW got that stopped. Yeah, they did. Or at least in their plants. Yeah, they did. So the plants that don't have UAW can still do that. Correct. But the folks that that are UAW, they can't do that anymore. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, people think, oh, well, you know, you have to be a leftist. That's yeah, the term. Right, like yeah, that. right. Yeah. You know, the one, the guy, yeah. I will just, all the people <laughs> listening, if you're, if you're a conservative and you use the term leftist, there was a guy that really liked that to use that term. 
to uh, you know to identify people on the left and he was the unibomber so you can carry on using the same word as him if if you like yeah well and that you're kind of you're kind of going into my second segue here let's get into the political because we did have a um special session we're going to have four this year i think mm, before it's all yeah. said and done we've already had one on education where the goal was to figure out a way to divert public tax money from public schools to private schools. That was what the goal was. Let's just spend Alec, more Alec legislation. Well, there's a lot of money been spent to make yep. sure that the states do that. So yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. And even though it's been tried and failed a million times yeah. all over the country, we, we've done podcasts on that. And then we've had the special session on Ford. Um, and, and there was one segment of that, and we'll get to the other two special sessions here in a second, but one segment on the Ford, you mentioned it earlier, and that is the controlling authority yeah. that the state government decided they were going to set up to finish out this mega site. What do you know about this state board? Who will be members of this? How do you qualify? They can be good. Let's just get that out of the way okay. to start with. They can be good. Like if I take the the airport authority in Smyrna, it is very well run. Sure. And we see all the industry that's been built up there, and they've even turned it into an industrial park, right. which I think is smart because it hedges the bets in terms of the income stream. Because that income stream actually goes back into authority and funds improvements and things. So they can be good. Sure. But they can also be bad. And it's sort of, it makes me think of that old saying, like the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing everybody he didn't exist. Right. You know, what they do is they they set these authorities up to give off the appearance. This can be the guy. I'm not saying yeah, that's right. going on here. But right. they set them off to give the the air of independence, of independence. to right. them so that, okay, they're just going to do everything that's best. But really, all they've done is kind of like when we print money, all they've done is print printed more political capital. That's right. Because then they get to pick who's on the authority. They are right? appointed positions. Correct. So you get to trade favors and different yes. things like that or have your people on it and that sort of thing so um, and then it sort of sits outside the government now sometimes that can be good because if you take like a, a dc metro the wmata you know it's crossing you're on a train that you can start on the train in virginia go into the district and finish up in maryland right how can you right each time you need a practical decision made right vote rely on, on the local government you can't or even right. the, the states in that in that right. case so it's the same type of solution that we need for the waste problem here in Rutherford yeah County. I agree mm-hmm. yeah we need a regional waste authority mm-hmm. and I think um, I just think that that there's gonna be there's always going to be a bit of that I'm, it remains to be seen if that's going to happen with this particular authority I'm kind of wondering, I don't know the logistics of all of, all of it because mm-hmm. if there's 40 miles of pipe, that means you're crossing many oh, yeah. jurisdictions. So, is, is, yeah. you know, my question would be, is that the reason why they're doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, is it efficiency? Because it can be more efficient if you don't have to run everything through the state legislature, you know. Of course. Right. I, as long as they have over uh, oversight, some type of yeah. oversight, I think that that's, you probably had to go this way. I was just very curious because the press was very curious about it. Yeah. And they're, usually when the press starts pressing on questions like that, there's something else that they're it's not good. telling yet. It's good they're doing that, though, yeah. because, I, you know, that happened here. So right. when we sold Murfreesboro Electric Department, right. they they decided to take the money and create a foundation for community improvement, like infrastructure, education, different things. What you know, whatever they decided to do with the money, they set up a board, right? And then they appointed the board. So I was very 
scrutinizing very closely how they were going to structure the board. Right. And who they picked and different things like that. Just, right. To see. How long do the appointments last? Right. Uh, you know, I, and, and we won't. We're not going to call any names here, but I'll certainly be looking at the people that are appointed to this board in West Tennessee oh, and yeah. who their employers are. Because I or think have that been. Who their employees have, have been. been yeah. will tell a lot about uh, how that site's being managed. I, I think the local press was trying to get to, you know, hey, are you going to have some local people? Right. And as you know, as well as I do, and Ford, uh, Ford is a, a global company with diversity requirements. And so the construction of all of this, the bids, all of that's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out in West Tennessee. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, that's another thing to bring up. I'm going to be kind of watching it because all of these main auto manufacturers have their go-to general contractors and stuff like that. So I'm just wondering, since these are Tennessee tax dollars, are they going to be bidding everything on a point system, you know, where you get extra points for being Tennessee-based and different things like that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, th- that's mm-hmm. important, I, mm-hmm. I think. Well, there are certain requirements that the state of Tennessee requires as well, and this is going to kind of lead us in. So so that's it, folks. Uh, the, the Ford plant is, I, I think, a really good thing. Normally, I don't like these tax abatements. Andy, well, think about it. Yeah. The, you know, the supply of people's not there. It's a pretty remote location, if we're totally honest. Like, we're talking about creating something from whole cloth. The idea that they would choose to go there is remote. Yes. In, without us right. putting our thumb on the scale. Right. And so that's really what it boils down to. Do you want to take a chance on this region? Right. Or do you not? Because you're not. they're not going to choose that. Not because it's not a great place, but because... It's so out of the way. It would cost so much capital to get it going. Yes, you know, and then behalf. the supply yeah. of labor and, and those kind of things. But you know, obviously, the state legislature decided even not this one because the mega site's already been created. Right. So many state legislatures have decided have decided that mm-hmm. this is in our best interest. Yes. To to invest in this region. So and and, and one call one, a Republican. I don't know. Yeah, right, well, right, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, complain to them. Well, I mean, because it's been several of those. Well, I mean, they've been in charge for eleven years now. Yeah, two hundred and twenty-five. Yeah. It's been eleven, so uh, they're in charge now, um, or, or at least what's going on. I'm, and I really one thing that we left out of this, and this tails into what you were saying, and then we'll segue on TVA. Reliable. Now, listen, folks, TVA is not perfect, and they've done some really bad things that need to be corrected. But TVA provides reliable, cheap electricity from a diverse source, from hydro, from solar, from nuclear, from coal, from natural gas. They have one of the most diverse sources of power. And let's be honest, Andy, that's why Ford picked us. That's one of the big reasons. That's one of the big reasons. I mean, where are they going to go, Texas? The factory yeah. may run today. It may run tomorrow. We may have electricity today. We may. I would have love to be a fly tomorrow. on the wall and and understand why some manufacturers passed and others didn't. And and finally Tesla, I mean not Tesla, but finally you know Ford decide. You know why would Tesla say no and Ford says yes? Right. I just find that really fascinating. It, it, yeah, it is. Let's uh, let's move on to the second special session. Okay, uh, this one is about uh, the COVID restrictions. And the governor, Governor Lee, came out and said in the same Ford press conference, he came out and said that um, he didn't agree 
with the presidents of the United States federal mandate on vaccines and that he was going to fight it. Now, Andy, we've been down this road before. It's called nullification. We saw it in the civil rights. We saw it in the Civil War. If you join this union, you can't just pick and choose what you want to do. That's true. Uh, so, Governor Lee, I think you need to head back to civics class and understand what null- that you can't just tell the President of the United States, no, we're not going to do this. My question to you, Andy, can the state of Tennessee override OSHA and the federal government when it comes to this? Well, I think they can, but then that opens up Pandora's box in terms of, okay, you know, a lot of these... Uh, a lot of this funding that comes from the federal government comes with strings attached. Of course it does. I mean, that is the main mechanism for how we've gone more federalist rather than less over, you know, over the years. Right. So at a minimum, I'm, I'm fairly certain that some funding will be lost if we, if we don't follow those rules. It it is so certain from the Tennessee version of OSHA, I forgot what they're called, but it's uh, health play, uh, occupation, health and safety for the state of Tennessee that they won't even consider it or write it up. They've already told the governor, we can't, we don't have this authority. We don't have this legal authority. We can't overrule OSHA. So, Andy, is the governor and the Republicans, is this nothing more than a performative special session? Yeah, it's theater. There you go. It's theater because we, you know, we have a mutual friend that was having, having a conversation with Representative Rudd, and Representative Rudd was, was spouting all kinds of, crazy things like it's vaccinated people that are getting other people infected and stuff like that. And, right. You know, you know, he doesn't really believe that. Right. I'm, right. I'm done, you know, sitting here th- saying Ollie, Oh, Oh golly shucks. You know, how, how silly is our representative or whatever. Right. That's not, they're not, no, he doesn't believe that to begin with. So yes, it's I agree. Formative. Yeah. It's, it's, it's theater. And it's going to cost theater. the state of Tennessee a lot of money. It, it's going to cost us a lot of money, yeah. Anything that comes out of it is going to be uh, ripped away in the courts, invalidated in federal court in just a matter of time. Serious people don't engage in this sort of thing. Right. Though. But the reason being is that, okay, we had this virus and had a certain you know impact on society. Yeah. What about the next one? That, yeah. that the fatality rate is 30%. Yeah, what if it were 10%? Six million people would be dead if this one Agreed. were 10%. Yeah, so you have a situation where serious people in government and serious people out, you know, out in the general population, population are sitting there thinking, well, if this is how they're going to behave with this one, what's going to happen next? And I think that's right. why you find so many people you know, being active and talking to their representatives and trying to hold the line on this stuff. I think... The reason why I say all this is if they, if they in fact know better, and this is just political theater, I would strongly encourage them to sort of look in the mirror, pray about it, think about what they're doing to erode our ability to handle something more serious yeah, than the this. next, right? The next pandemic, and we've had pandemics like that. This is not hyperbole. We we have had yeah. pandemics that were more deadly than this one. It's a fact of life. Yeah. There, there's going to be future pandemics. I and mean, so if you if you if you're, I also think about sort of take it even more high level. What are they saying to me? Like, take a step back and think. What are they saying to me? Are they simply saying, I know better than the president? So if I'm a layperson, how do I know that I ought to trust Bill Lee? 
more than the president. Right. Right. That's essentially when we boil it all down. That's what we're talking about. It is. And, and if we're going to compare resumes, then yeah, I really well, have to kind of side with the president. Well, of course, yes. It it, it is uh, uh, basically federalism that we need a lesson on again. It sounds like maybe so, but I do think that people need to 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 sort of simplify it in their own minds of like, like I'm saying, like yeah, really. So he writes an executive order and he writes an executive order. Which one's superior? Yeah. Which one's superior? Forget that, you know, the president is actually more powerful than the governor of Tennessee. <laughs> right. Put that aside. Right. Why should I choose between these two human beings? Why is this human being putting me in that position even to begin with? Right. Think it through, you know, and ask yourself, what what is this? What am I really seeing here? And, and, and you know, Andy, let me circle back while we're on the – we're back to the pandemic again. We've been yeah. talking about this since January of 2019. That's 20, a, right? Uh, uh, no, it was 19. We've been on this for three years since it first emerged. Wow. It's, it'll be three years in January. Wow. Uh, which is hard to believe. It seems like 30, I know, uh, in some ways. But yeah. uh, uh, but anyway, circle back to the to the unions. You know, um, unions it, when with a vaccine mandate, there there were some unions that stood up and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a second. We're not cool with this. We're we're not anti-vax, but we just want to make sure that if anyone is injured from this requirement." That they will be covered by the company. Yeah, and a lot of unions felt like it was a, a change to the collective bargaining agreements. Yeah, and they felt like the companies were being a little too cavalier. Yes, they felt like there's no there. The unions feel like there's nothing in which it's okay to change uh, rules outside. There's nothing outside the collective bargaining agreement, basically. Right, and that's their beef. Yeah, I just. Uh, wish that their communication about it would be a little bit if that's really what it is i hope that they will step up and say hey honestly that's all it is let's get to the table and get this addendum and get it done but that's not what happened right so it makes it a little hard and i'm a i'm a union guy and it but it makes it a little hard for me to defend that kind of behavior well here's here's what i want to say is that is that if you are against the vaccine mandate if and you go to your company it's you against your global corporation in yeah. 90% of the cases that are the companies that are going to require the vax but if you have a union it's you collectively and you're not out can there on your own yeah so these conservative folks can still see the benefit of having a collective voice for labor yeah and and so that's the pathway I wish they would say of course they never will because they've been brainwashed that unions are bad but we don't want to make anything in China so what we want slave labor here is that is that what your goal is? Anyway, I had to I had to go off on that because I don't think the the OSHA is going to be or MSHA is going to be overruled. I don't think so. No, it's too hard fought and it's it, and it's done too much good. Let's just boil it down. Yeah. It's just done too much good. Their right. injuries are not what they were. 80 years ago. Uh, of course. People don't die in industrial accidents like they used to. Correct. People aren't exposed to toxic chemicals like they used to be. All of those things, yes, are because of the organized labor. So um, the the last special session, and I'm not sure, I think that is going to deal more with the local control. Yeah. Which, which here we go again. Um, 
everything that I thought Bill Lee stood for is now saying he's the opposite. We don't want the school board to have this much local control. We don't want the county commissioners to have this much local control. We want the state to decide what the health requirements are. Is this is this the feature of the new Tennessee Republican Party? It's a power grab. Call it for what it is. It's a power grab. If 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 Governor Lee and the legislature don't want to listen to the federal government, right? Everything's bad that comes comes out of D.C. Right, and everything is bad that comes out of the local, local government. Right. What are they really saying? Right, they're saying we're not federalists. We're statist. Yeah, we're not. Lo- we're anti-localist and we're anti-federalist. We want to be in control of everything. Yeah, there. It's a power grab. Yeah. I, I alone can fix everything. Yes. That's it's back exa- to that. It's back to that, and it's ex- that's exactly it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Andy, 67% of the Republicans. 45- we, well, we know these people. So for me, it's scary because I know a, a lot of them. Right. So I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just a fact. I, if they're if they're going to be in control of everything and there's no sort of redundancy in the system, I'm worried. I don't want them in charge of everything. It leads me to my next question, which is perfect segue. 67% of registered Republicans and 45% of registered Democrats wish that there were two Americas. That's insane. Folks, if you want to see the world go really, really bad, bring on another civil war. If you think the toilet paper shortage was something, you ain't seen nothing yet. And anyway, Andy, I, look, I disagree. How would you even do, with with digitalization, how would you even do bifurcation? Right. How would you bifurcate the country when we actually don't exist in, in the country? We exist in a digital world, basically, yeah, now. Yeah. I can instantly connect to someone in Ohio that thinks exactly like me. Next to them is, is a, a person who is an oath keeper or whatever, right? Right. One of these right-wing militia people. Mm-hmm. So it's not... A north and south kind of a thing. I don't. I don't even. Right. They, they can't even work out the practicalities of this imaginary civil war. It, it, so it's 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 just it's hard it, for me to take them seriously. It's mental masturbation. Yeah, I agree. And and of course there are some kooks out there that really oh, think yeah. you know January sixth was. Uh, but there are a low percentage of kooks out there that actually call for armed revolution of this country. I don't know what they were going to instill or install. Well, actually, we do. But, uh, but you know, Andy, folks, we've got to start respecting each other again. It's very, very difficult right now with the divisions that are out there. Well, we could come at it a different way. I mean, where's the war? If one person says, I don't like you, I don't want to be around you, and you say, bye. You're right. Fine. Right. That's not a, that's not a war. It, I mean. Right. Well, when you can't talk about the issues, you trump up stuff like this. Yeah, you, you I would come agree up with, with that. stuff like this because you can't really talk about health care and how we can make it better, and you can't really talk about the economy. Let's talk about that real fast: the economy, the labor shortage, and we we've, we're hitting it all again. But I want to talk about the labor shortage again. We continue to hear. Um, well, we, well, we heard that because of the unemployment insurance, people weren't going back to work. That proved not to be true mathematically. Right. So that was a complete lie. Why are we not talking about the fact that a bunch of people died and a bunch of people got real sick? And a bunch of people retired. Yeah. And a bunch of people said exposed at work every day. And a bunch of people and a bunch of women said, I don't have anyone to take care of my children. Yeah. I mean, these are the things that 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 the federal government is trying to address. Some of these 
um, institutional issues that prohibit people from participating fully or in the workforce completely or utilizing their skills or using the best that America has to offer out there. Andy, people don't understand the demographic cliff. Last year in the state of Alabama, more people died than babies were born for the first time in the history of the state of Alabama. An American state. A a state in America. Folks, we are running out of people. And the reasons why, there's a diverse reasons why. Uh, Children, uh, young people don't want to have children, Andy. They can't afford it. Well, I think it's the, you know, having less children is actually a byproduct of affluence, of having money. That's that that's been proven time and time again. So I've never understood the eugenics people, like where they're coming from, because sure. if you just make people more prosperous, they're gonna have more they're gonna have fewer children. Right. People had fewer or more children in the past because they were hedging their bets. And they need to labor on the farm. That's that right. That sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. then even after that, yeah. even even after industrialization, they were doing it to hedge their bets. Like surely one of these seven kids can keep me up. Right. But then we introduced programs like Social Security and people got more money in their pockets and they didn't feel like they had to have more kids. Right. Or that they ought to. And then, of course, the cost side of it plays into it too. It does. But it's not just the cost side of it. Right. It's a diverse set of factors that have gotten us to this demographic cliff. Right. And not all, all of Western them are bad. De- all Western democracies, post-World War II Western democracies are experiencing this. It's Infant a- mortality is another one. Well, childhood mortality was, yeah. you know, those things went off a cliff. And yeah. so people realized, oh, hey, I don't have to have seven children in the hopes that five survive or, or right. what have you. It, some people feel uncomfortable talking like that, but it's true. That's why those things happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and today, and we I touched on this a couple of podcasts ago, uh, I think with Dr. Uh, the gubernatorial candidate, Dr. Martin, 50% of the children born in the state of Tennessee are paid for by Medicaid. Yeah. Now, to some people, they're going to say, well, I don't want to be paying for somebody else's babies. But let me state that again. To qualify for Medicaid, you have to be in absolute poverty. You have to have basically nothing. And half of the children being born right now in this state are being born into poverty. And and it it's and we prob- run budget surpluses like we have. And we're right. We're running bur- budget surpluses. Um, um, and once again, not to knock the Ford thing, that's a good thing that it's coming, and that's the types of things we be we need to be doing. But we've got to have healthy workforce. We've got to have an educated workforce to fill these jobs. So, Andy, what what should the goals of the state of Tennessee be um, in two thousand? From the new administration or the administrations coming in, we we could have a new governor. We may have the same governor, same legislature. But what what do you think Tennessee needs to focus on going forward? I think what we need to focus on I, the thing that I would put top of the list would be health care, simply because we're we're going to find ourselves. In, we can build a million mega sites, but if you can't get health care near a mega site or right. near an employer. What do you have? You don't really have anything. Right. Right? That would be my first thing. The second thing would be infrastructure. You know, yeah. you can drive from say Smyrna through Nolansville into Franklin without ever hitting a main road. And what you're gonna find back there is homes starting from one point seven million, you know, luxury homes all sat on a road with no shoulder. Right. Right. And yeah, so at a yeah, right. certain point, we've got to 
come to grips with and have a system that works. I think we have a pretty decent system at the at the interstate level, the 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 national highway U.S. route level, right, and to some extent in the Tennessee state route level. But right. What about the rest of it? The counties, right, in the yeah. cities that are that are really struggling for money. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. And and we've got to focus on the health of these of our citizens, just like uh, just like you stated. And then three three, I would always have put the you know we call in my business we call these first principles, like basically you know they're philosophical questions about. What do we want this program to do? Uh, what do we want to be when we grow up? Or what do we want to be 10 years from now? And that's right. what we're talking about right, right now is the first principles. The third one is is what everything has to be looked through of a lens of, is it helping us get where we want to go in 2030, 2040, 2050? Right. Yes. I don't hear a lot of talk about that. That's correct. With our with our planning from the state. I mean, and we should have a, just like the Congressional bu- Budget Office at the federal level gives a score, uh, for different things, I think we should have a score system for, you know, what is our preparedness? Yeah, you know, looking more long term. I think I don't want to say the mega site was seat of the pants, but I I don't think that that the forethought that maybe should have put it been put into it was put into it. I'll go ahead and make that criticism. I think, you know, we're talking about this mega site. You know, the fact that Ford signed on should mean that we already know what the next me- where the next mega site's going and what its focus is going to be. Yeah. So that we collectively, like, we can't all work towards a collective goal if we don't even know what it is. Right, right. Here, here's it. Here's it. Here it is. Simple for you, Andy. We want to be the global leader of advanced manufacturing in this state, and we've got a foot up to do that. We don't want to be the global capital of bachelorette parties. No, no, we don't. And I think, you know, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be those things. That's actually the point, right? Yeah. Is that it could be, we want to be Chips. the world leader in vertical farming. I mean, that's, right. you know. Regenerative farming, whatever. Yeah, whatever right. it is. Yes, right. You know, those are things that can happen in the urban environment. Yes. So, and you're talking about a drop in the bucket. You know, you're talking about giving a, a forward $500 million for something we know is coming. I want to see the $50 million invested in something that, that nobody's thought know. of. Yes. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would like to see. Exactly. And, These incubators like you see outside of Denver, that you see outside of the Silicon Valley, incubators. Yeah. The, it, 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 for technology. It, right. And just take a flyer on some things so that we're ready when the when, yeah. when the time comes. And I'm not talking about billions. Right. I'm talking about millions. Sure. You know, the crumbs that fall off the table of this Ford deal, that kind of a, that pay big dividends long long term. Right. I would like to see more of that. And the the thing that those things require though is is courage. It's yeah. political courage. Yeah. And you would think that the natural byproduct of having supermajority after supermajority is that the courage would already be built in. But there's some weird anomaly with these Republican folks that they don't have it, even still. So I don't know. Well, they just don't want to give any examples of spending any money. It's like uh, when they build a new fire station out in rural Tennessee and the money came from the Department of Agriculture, but no one wants to say it. Yeah, nobody talks about it. But they sure don't miss the groundbreaking, though. That's right. That's right. But they don't want to talk about the money being federal money of why, you know, this little town guy got its new fire truck, you know. It's just... Anyway. And I think it's why their their voters are in a constant state of displeasure, <laughs> because right, right. hey, I voted, I I told you what I wanted, and you still didn't give it to me. Right. So they're not pleasing me, and they're not pleasing them. And then for whatever social issues, 
they continue to be forced to to, to vote that way. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a but, weird. It's well, almost like an abusive relationship. Well, I just wonder how many. I just wonder how many is going to show up in the next cycle. Yeah. Because the president, uh, former president, excuse me, the former president has said, "Don't vote." Yeah. Don't go vote. And, uh, you know, shame, I wonder how really. many people will live. I mean, talk about anti-democratic. Telling someone not to vote well, is anti-democratic. it's just a of his personality, It right? is. Like, why is he saying don't vote? Mm-hmm. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. saying don't vote because of how elections have turned out for him. Right. Not for us. Right. He doesn't care about how, th- how elections have turned out for us. Right. Do you think he could spell my state rep's name or know who it is or, you know, like, no way. Right. He doesn't know who that is. So it's like, this is, you know, it's like everything else. It's all about him. And if you're in that club, you're cool with that. I'm yeah. not cool with that. Well, I don't it, need a daddy. I got one. I, so. yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Andy Dickey. Andy, thanks for joining us, the man in the middle. It's always a pleasure having you on. People, we get all kinds of response when you come on because uh, you're not afraid to tell the truth. You're a truth teller. Andy, thanks for joining us on The Man in the Middle. Thanks, everybody. I'm Stephen Reynolds. I'll see you next week. Pleased to meet you. Uh, hope you get my name. Ah, yeah. But why, you is just a... Uh,